Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is a CA original. This is 125 North Main, a podcast covering the stories at Memphis City Hall, as reported on by Ryan Poe. Mayor Willie Harrington was elected in 1991, the city's first African-American mayor. Uh, He resigned in his fifth term in 2008. That's a long tenure. Mayor, it's good to have you in the studio with us. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, sir. So my first question for you, what we're going to talk about your proposal for downtown Memphis. You have a campus that you're looking at uh, building there with uh, with with city, um, uh, some city land. We'll get into that. But first, I wanted to ask you, do you miss being the mayor of Memphis? You know, Ryan, uh, (laughs) I'll be perfectly candid with you. I have never looked back at, uh, you know, wanting to go back into the office of the mayor. Uh, I had a long tenure, as you've outlined, almost 18 years. And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, (laughs) uh, you know what I did just a few days ago? I went down to the City Hall, the Hall of Mayors, and had a young lady to take a picture of me in front of the, uh, the portrait I had not been down there since the unveiling of my <laughs> portrait in uh, the mayor's Hall of Mayors. Uh, to answer your question, no. I mean, I, um, I'm i very passionate about what I'm doing now. I'm working in charter schools, and I know we're going to talk about New Path, which is that uh, initiative band that I'm so excited and passionate about is really helping these kids that are caught up in a juvenile justice system and bringing educational programs, uh, rehabilitation programs, and really building them a state-of-the-art facility that can address their needs and partnering uh, with the health care provider and with the uh, Shelby County School District. I'm very excited about what I'm doing. The, the mayor's office, nope. Uh, uh, I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of New Paths uh, or New Path, uh, their campus, um, you were at City Council this week. Yes. Uh, tell us what you were there for um, and what, were you successful? Okay. Um, well, first of all, let me um, express my appreciation to Mayor Strickland. Uh, we approached uh, Mayor Strickland and members of his administration several months ago about our interests in purchasing the old downtown inspection station for the purpose of building a middle to high school with a residential juvenile facility on that campus. Uh, The the mayor was uh, quite uh, uh, acceptable to that, and he directed his staff to get with us. And we're at a point now where we have... uh, a defined purchase agreement, and I think what they're doing now is uh, really appraising value. So we essentially, once the mayor approves it, we'll have an option 
on that uh, old uh, uh, inspection station property. We want to breathe new life, create a wholesome environment for those young people that are incarcerated. Uh, and while they're incarcerated, provide them with excellence in education and all of the medical and the reentry. And we've been talking to Judge Michaels about it, and I believe the judge is also excited about uh, this partnership. And you said this was important because currently we're, we're shipping out kids, yes, right? Yes, yes. So tell me a little Ryan, bit. Ryan, let me, let me tell you about um, and, and that, that aspect of this initiative was very, is still very troubling to me. I don't know if you are aware of this, that uh, Judge Michael said that on an annual basis, the court adjudicates about 250 offenders. Guess what? We do not have beds within Memphis and Shelby County. Uh, the judge and the Department of uh, Children's Services are sending those kids to Somerville, let's call it Wilder, a youth detention center. Uh, that is the closest facility. But it's not close enough for many of the parents and the grandparents of these offenders for them to have wholesome family engagement. I am told, this is what I'm told, that at Wilder they have about 108 uh, offenders. 85% are from Memphis and Shelby County. We don't have beds here. I'm also told that some of these kids are shipped to, I call it shipped, to Middle Tennessee and east of Knoxville, and also we send some to Texas. This is utterly ridiculous. So I decided not to complain about it, but to make presentations to the county mayor, city mayor, county commission, and now the city council, and we have some solutions, right? And I'm tired of all of these guys talking about a task force. If you talk to legislators, you know what they're going to tell you? Well, I'm on this committee. I'm on this task force. The governor has appointed this. If you talk to people at the county commission, they'll tell you, well, we're waiting on a facility study. And if you talk to even my friend, uh, Judge Michael, they're waiting on studies. And I'm simply saying that this condition requires an urgent delivery plan of action, and that's what New Path is proposing. And we have the financing. Now, I think critics might look at that and say, well, uh, that's a prime piece of real estate in a part of Memphis that is up and coming. The medical district, you know, is, is going to yes. be booming not too long in the distance. Could that hurt uh, the economic development no. opportunities in that let area? Me, let, me, let me tell you what's hurting economic development, I mean, there may be a number of factors, but let me tell you one factor, Ryan, that's critical to the growth and the prosperity of this community. That is tackling poverty and crime. And I want you to hear me very closely. In, in my judgment, there is no serious poverty abatement program that's on the agenda in Memphis and Tennessee, okay? I believe until the city of Memphis decides to deal with the root causes of poverty, family disintegration, okay, uh, low academic achievement, uh, blighted neighborhoods, and to me, it's critical that we build a strong educational foundation, and that's where preschool comes in. 
The best investment we can make in the city of Memphis today is adequately preparing kids at the preschool level so when they move up the continuum of education, they're better off. They're better educated. They're prepared to go through uh, junior and middle high and go to college, go to the military, learn a skill or a trait. So the best investment we can make uh, in Memphis and any place is in the development of our children, especially the low-income African-American sector. That's the best investment we can make. Do, do you think that investment has not been made so far? Absolutely, I think it has well, not why, been made. Why is that, that we haven't made that investment? Well, I'll be honest with you, um, and Ryan, I don't know you well, but people that know me, I'm just a straight shooter, okay? And that gets me in trouble sometimes. Uh, I, I, I think... Um, uh, I think there's some office holders that are in those particular positions for, I don't know, they see something in it that I don't see. <laughs> they see some things in it other than serving the people, mm. addressing the needs of people. I think they attach some importance. If you're a member of the county commission or city council, you, you're very important. And they lose sight on helping the people that elected them and improving the human condition. What I've seen is uh, egos about holding an office and not addressing the needs of people. There isn't more critical needs than expanding preschool education and reforming the juvenile justice system. I have not seen an advocate in Memphis. You, you tell me who you who do you who do you see advocating this? Other than me. <laughs> so, so you're saying that specifically Memphis officials haven't done enough? No, they haven't done enough. Mayor Strickland? City well, Council? let me just simply say, I don't want to get into name calling. Uh, what I want to say is there's, uh, the, there's considerable opportunity, need for elected officials to galvanize around developing programs that's going to get at poverty, low academic achievement, and producing stronger families. I've not seen a game plan to do that. I hear a lot of rhetoric. For example, and I'm going to get in trouble with this, and, 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 and Gibbons and the Crime Commission, they're friends of mine. But as far as the Crime Commission is concerned, uh, I think uh, the resources we put in the Crime Commission uh, serves no useful purpose. And let me just say this very candidly. I can hire a thirty-five or forty thousand dollar statistician to report crime. All I'm hearing from the crime commission: uh, aggravated assaults went up, uh, homicides went up, or it went down. They're a statistical reporting vehicle. I don't see the intervention, the prevention. All I see is they're producing data. All you got to do is pick up the newspaper, look at television. Every day we know people killing each other, they robbing. So what good is the Crime Commission telling us what the statistics are? I want to see them come together with us with a team to say, look, let's get at root causes. Let's start with the fundamentals. Enough, and I haven't seen that. Enough rhetoric, more action. What, That's all I've been, I've been asking people, uh, like the education people. They say they want to break the prison, I mean the school to prison Pipeline. I said, okay, I agree with you. But what are you doing about it? Now, okay, some of them are going to say, Harrington, he's aggressive. I'm pushing this agenda. 
because it needs to be pushed. It needs leadership. You are the Duke. Well, so. I don't know about that. <laughs> and look, man, all right, I'm getting old. I'm getting it's late in life for me, man. I mean, I thank God I still got the energy and the passion to do this work. Yeah. After your presentation, someone uh, told me Harrison looks like a 40 year old man up there. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I work out and um, I try to eat right and go to bed early and, you know, I try to live right. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, that, that brings up a, you, you are still young at heart. I can tell. Um, yeah. Have you considered uh, r- running for public office again? Because uh, I know you, you did run against uh, Senator or uh, Representative Cohen uh, back some years ago, yeah. um, which was, I believe, the last time you ran for office. Let me say this, Ryan. Um, well, just sharing what you just saw downstairs as you walked in the door. I don't know those employees or where they were visiting. What you saw downstairs, if you were to walk the streets of Memphis with me every day, you would invariably see citizens who come up to me wanting me to go back in the office of the mayor. And increasingly, now most, the majority of them are African-American. What's interesting is more white people... <laughs> Uh, that's really interesting. More white people are coming up and saying, man, why don't you go back? Why don't you go back? <laughs> Firemen and policemen. Uh, uh, and, and I don't want to get into talking negatively about some of my predecessors, but uh, it's humbling to me. I don't, I don't take it, and there's no ego stroke. It's very humbling to me to meet so many citizens who are desirous of me returning to public office. Now let me answer your question. At this point in time, uh, it is not my intention to get back into public office. Okay. Do you regret leaving public office? Oh, no, of course not. No. (laughs) No. Uh, Let me tell you, Ryan, uh, I I would not have been able to do what I'm doing now had I been in the office of the mayor. I would not have been able to give leadership to juvenile justice reform, and to being, well, I could have been a strong advocate for pre-K as a mayor, uh, which I want to encourage uh, <laughs> Mayor Strickland to join me. Uh, there's no acceptable reason why we cannot expand preschool education. Nashville is doing a great job in expanding preschool education. We need to make that investment, and I'm going to work hard to try to impress upon the mayor to join me in leadership with the Shelby County uh, school superintendent and their board. Now, someone may may hear that and, and ask, you know, well, well, why why didn't you look into, or did did you look into that in your five five terms? Let, I'm glad you asked that. Do you know? And you asked a good question. Now you gave me the opportunity to tell you that when I was mayor, we invested about a hundred seventy five million dollars into the. It was then the Memphis City Public Schools that we were not obligated to do that we were not obligated to do under bond leadership, $175 or $168 million into the public schools. Looking back at city decisions, city finances, um, it seems like uh, th- when, when Mayor Wharton came in, he said there were a lot of hard decisions he had to make. Do you feel like you have any responsibility for where no, the city ended up there? Uh, Ryan, you're asking good questions. Man, you, you're lobbing this ball to me real good. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question. When I came, got in the office, and I'm not speaking disparagingly of, of Dick Hackett. Dick Hackett is a, is a man 
I have great admiration and respect for is Dick Hackett. He's been an honorable gentleman, and he served this community well. When I came into office, the city of Memphis had $3 million in its coffers, $3 million. When I left, I left Mr. Warden with $98.6 million. Now, you, you answered the question. Was the city of Memphis better off? Well, it, I, I would okay, say let me, that there, okay, let me tell you, there's the, the pension liability uh, pension, you have to okay, take into The, the pension liabilities uh, was an accumulation of over time. Right. And l- let me also say this. I'm glad you asked that question. What Memphians need to understand is that the pension liability is one that is on the books of almost every major American city in the United States. That is true. Uh, the pension liabilities are on the books. Uh, you go to the state of California, the state of Illinois. The problems we have here in Tennessee are very small compared to if you go to Illinois, Michigan, California, New York. So it, 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 there will be a correction at some point in time that's going to just hit the American economy. And, yes. and that's what happened in the Great Recession. That's a, it, and that, that's really on. what exacerbated the, the pension liability. No one, yeah. you know, expected the Great Recession. Yeah, uh, the 2008, and, uh, 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 I mean, I had some real estate investments. I got hurt personally. Market went down. A lot of people got hurt. Hmm. Yes. Mayor, going, going back to uh, what you said about preschool, mm-hmm. d- tell me a little bit m- more about preschool because uh, preschool uh, – you, you're not planning to put it on the New Path campus That's downtown. Where, where, where are we okay, looking Okay, let me, uh, Ryan, when I made the presentation to the city council a couple of days ago, I had in that packet, and I believe I gave you one, I had zip code locations. Uh, we have been in communication with some of the educational officials to find out where the needs are greatest. So in those three zip codes that I had in the packet, those are the zip codes where we are looking to identify property so that we can purchase and partner with the city of Memphis and the Shelby County School District in those three zip codes. Uh, I believe one was in the Raleigh, I think Raleigh, uh, Bartlett area, Whitehaven, and one was in, I think, in the Eastern Corridor, yes. Okay. That's where we're locating. Uh, we will locate uh, the campuses and the partnership will emerge such that we can purchase, uh, construct, we're going to purchase, design, and construct the state-of-the-art preschool facilities. Now, you were at city council and, and to ask specifically for $2.5 million as a match to funds that yes. New Path, your nonprofit, would raise. Um, why should the city give that money to preschool education. Um, when Shelby County, the city pay, taxpayers are all already okay. paying for education me, through their uh, Shelby it, County it, taxes. You notice, Ryan, uh, in, in my 18 years of service, they always came up with that debate. Okay, We had members of long the city debate. council yeah. and long, and I remember when I was a mayor, uh, in my first four years, I had to make a critical decision about extending sewers to the outside the city limits of Memphis, okay? I could have been very narrow-minded because the city of Memphis controlled the sewer system, okay? All of that growth occurred. <laughs> uh, Germantown, Kyrieville, everywhere. But do you know 
if the mayor, who just happened to have been Willie Harrington, Grays Creek, had said, we are not going to have development outside the city limits of Memphis. You're going to have to build all of these pumping stations or whatever they had to build. But I was far-reaching enough and looked for the broader good of the metropolitan area, not just the city of Memphis. We extended sewers. So for an elected official to approach me with this debate about city and county taxes, it's ridiculous. These kids that are in preschool, the, the I would say 85% of them are from the city of Memphis. So the city council, as I said to them the other day, I recognize the county has responsibility for education, but the city of Memphis has a moral obligation to support education as well. Yes. Why wouldn't Shelby County schools to pick up that moral obligation? Well, I, I think that Shelby County schools would say to you today that they are picking up some. What I'm calling for is a public-private partnerships to join them and ask the city of Memphis, I'm bringing in the private capital. I'm asking them to join in with a public-private partnership that will expand opportunities at the preschool level where communities have the greatest need. And, um, you know, just small amounts of money. We're talking about, uh, what, $2.5 million over uh, two years. Yeah. yeah. So drop in the bucket. Small for the city. Yes. Uh, big, big for me. I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> big for me too, yeah. personally. But, <laughs> but that 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 brings us to another point. Is how, what what assurance can you give the city council or the city that you'll be able to raise the funds? What do you, do you have investors lined up? Yes, can you talk yes. a little bit about uh, that? Let, let me just say this, uh, Ryan. Um, we have investors lined up to, under the right conditions, under the right partnership uh, agreements, we have investors lined up to purchase the old inspection station, to build a state-of-the-art school with residential juvenile facilities to serve 120 offenders. We have the resources to do that. We also have the partnership resources to expand preschool education to two other locations if the city of Memphis will partner with us. Yes, we have partners with the appropriate financing. Okay. Yes. What would you say to someone who who would say, well, it it sounds like you you don't have concrete financing lined up. No. Ryan, let me just, let me stop and say this to you. Um, well, I'll, what, what, let me just say this. For me to, to, to come out in the forefront and to say that I have financing, uh, you better believe I have financing. If you notice what I said, if you listen to me very carefully. But is this a trust, a public, Mayor Harrington, kind of Well, I mean, uh, it's not that. I mean, uh, you can call it trust, but there's no way I'm going to come out and talk about buying this. Oh, let me, let me tell you this. Let me give you an example. I think you covered it. We just built a 40,000-square-foot building, Hackcross, Shelby Drive. I want you to drive out there and see it. So 40,000, it's about a $9 million capital investment. Do you think Willie Harrington has $9,000? Of course not. My partners, we're buying Lanier. Uh, I think that's uh, about an eight. Uh, so we've we, we pumped into this economy $17 million just on 
outside capital. So you have a track record. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So uh, what else are you seeing in the city of Memphis? <laughs> we, we've covered a lot of ground here. I know. It. I, I, I did want to ask you about po- do. politics. Uh, next okay. year, uh, coming years, um, next year is going to be a, a busy busy political season for yes. the Shelby County, uh, especially, uh, 2019 is going to be a busy year for city elections. Um, what, what are you hearing in the race? Where, where do you think things are going? Shelby County democratic party is, is being revived. Are, do you have any faith in that? Where, where, where no. do you think we're going? Let, let, let me say this. Uh, this is probably going to shock you. It's going to shock you. First of all, uh, I, I say to people, I'm not a politician. Okay. Uh, I'm so far removed from elected politics. I really am. I'm so far removed from elected politics. Uh, people say, are you Republican or you're Democrat? Uh, I've always said I was a Democrat, but in reality, I'm an independent, okay? Uh, I have lost, to be perfectly honest with you, so much confidence in the leadership abilities of the people that we are putting in elected offices until I have become, I become aloof to the process. Mm. And I know that's that's a sad indictment, okay? And you may think I'm egotistical about it. Uh, (laughs) It's almost, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I don't see, I don't see the leadership abilities. I don't see the human capital at the level and the commitment to make a difference in the community. I just see some people who want to hold offices. Mm. Well, I don't see capacity. I, I mean, and that's why I stay out of it. Now, let me just say this to you, Ryan, because some people say I'm arrogant. I think when we were there, we made it look easy. Now, we, uh, we raised the bar. <laughs> I understand that. We made it look easy. But it's not easy. It's not easy... Uh, being the mayor of a city like Memphis that historically continues to be racially divided, okay? It's still that way. The the socioeconomic stratifications have gotten deeper. It's the, the, the division between the have and the have-nots. Uh, still urban versus suburban. We saw the merge of the schools, okay? Our poverty situation is not getting better. Crime situation is going up. Okay, so the the economy is growing at a a very modest level. Okay, so, you know, I don't know. Unless someone comes up with some extraordinary abilities to galvanize this community, pull people together, make some very wise economic decisions. But let me just say this, Ryan, and I'll leave this subject alone. In the short run, it's going to be difficult putting Memphis back on course. This is a long-term proposition. Anybody who comes up as a candidate and runs on a platform that this is a quick turnaround, that, that doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous. Did I answer your question? Yeah, a lot of complex It's It's very complex. It's very complex. The um, I'm curious to hear it because you marched with 1968 sanitation workers. Yes, sir. Um, we, we just approved some sanitation strike grants. Uh, but— w- how has Memphis has Memphis changed very much since then? In, in the terms that you're talking about poverty, you know, all all these kind of different problems. It seems like we've had, you know, years of of these kind of problems, and and 
have, have we made any progress, much progress toward a solution? Ryan, let me just say this. Um, you know, you hear people say we Memphis had made great strides, okay? Uh, great strides. Uh, in in suggest, relationships? I'm going to tell you, yeah. Memphis has made great strides um, in, in a lot of important areas. I mean, African Americans have held positions that were denied for decades. Uh, in 1992, I mean, that was a major breakthrough. Uh, this city was founded, I think, in 1826. Uh, we were one of the last southern cities to break the barrier of race to the mayor's office. So I was elected. Uh, we've had African American uh, head of MLGNW, head of important leadership roles here. Now, where we have not made great strides in Memphis is in the economic arena. There's not been a level playing field for African Americans to accumulate financial empowerment, okay? We've not made great strides there, but we've broken a number of other barriers, yes. Now, uh, it seems like we take one step forward and two steps back, okay? Um, I think the poverty, uh, the lack of... uh, economic empowerment on the part of black people is really an albatross around the neck of Memphis. How do we get that albatross off? Well, we got to get it off when people are really committed to a level playing field. Then I think uh, corporate Memphis and the governmental sector must work as a united front to create opportunities for small uh, minority, and I'm just going to say, I'm not going to get caught up in this women, I'm talking for black businesses, okay? Until we begin to create opportunities for businesses to grow and to nurture, uh, we're going to still have this, uh, this division on economic. I think the greatest fight is going to be on the economic uh, platform uh, for the future of Memphis. How do you include, how do you prepare this impoverished majority who now happens to be African-American, confronted with the academic woes, the low skill levels, how do you turn that situation around is really the uh, must be on the agenda of some smart and committed people. And let me just say this, Ryan, you used the word complex early. It's very complex. The Reverend Jesse Jackson uh, was in town not too long ago, and he said that if we don't see some kind of, you know, progress on some of these uh, more complex issues, that he, he would be back in town next year, which is the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, to, to march again on like the 1968 sanitation workers did. Do you think it is time for people to march again? Well, let, let me just say this. Uh, Jesse Jackson was one of the strongest allies when I was running for mayor. And Jesse and I uh, have known each other over the years. And uh, he has been uh, a a great leader in pushing together the civil rights uh, agenda. And on the 50th uh, anniversary of Dr. King, the eyes of the nation and the world will be on Memphis. Uh, I would argue that that would not be the setting to generate strife uh, in an already racially uh, torn community. 
it may be an opportunity for a guy like Jesse who likes national platform, but as a Memphian and as a person who holds Dr. King's memories, his dream uh, in high esteem, I don't think that that's the occasion to come and dramatize and to put Memphis in a, in a negative light. So I would, I would be opposed to that. Gotcha. Remember the good things yes. uh, that we've done. Gotcha, sir. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks, man. <laughs> is the commercial appeal. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.